text for the sermon again is Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. Let's read those once again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's pause and pray. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, the questions, where are we? Where are we going? Are we there yet? These are familiar questions to us. We begin to ask them already at an early age. And really, they're they're questions that we ask throughout our whole life. As we live our lives, we live knowing that God has a plan for this world and for our lives. And that we are somewhere on that journey, that path. Sometimes live wondering where things are going, or if we're going to make it. That that wondering, that asking, that is part of the reality of living in this fallen and sin-broken world. Our text of this morning speaks to living in that reality. It speaks to the reality that we live in, and the questions and fears that come with it. writer of Hebrews engages with this reality. He uses a wonderful image, the image of a foot race from the Olympic Games. The sports games were a big part of life around the time of Christ, around the time of the New Testament. You had not only the Olympic Games, but you had regional games. For instance, Corinth was somewhere where every two years there was a huge sporting event. Now, the highlight of these sporting events was a race. The image of a race is often used in Scripture. The Apostle Paul, for instance, uses the image of a race in 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Run in such a way as to get the prize. And then 2 Timothy 4, verse 7, written towards the end of Paul's life, he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. of the the games was that race. It was a long-distance race, a marathon. And the key to victory in this race was not strength, but endurance. It was the challenge to be able to finish the race. And so what the writer of Hebrews does is he pictures our life in the here and now as a race, as a long-distance race that requires preparation, requires training, requires doesn't sugarcoat it. He he lets them know it's going to be a long and a hard race. In fact, you even notice, as as you read through Hebrews, you can see that he's noticed that some of his readers have begun to become weary and stumble in the race. He calls his letter a letter of exhortation. That's an encouraging command, something that, that motivates someone to go on. 
they need to do in order to persevere. So our text is part of that encouragement. In our text, the Holy Spirit points to us, points us to how to run the race with endurance. And so I proclaim to you the word of God under the following truth. Run the race with endurance. To do that, we are to do three things. We're to look back. We're to run forward. We're to focus on Christ. So in the first place, as we run the race with endurance, we look back. Our text begins with the word, or the word, therefore. Whenever you see that word, you need to ask, what is it there for? And as you look at it, you see that that word is connecting us back to everything that came before in chapter 11. All those names, all of those names lead up to what is going to be said in our text. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So he's speaking of the race. But he begins by pointing his readers back to those witnesses. The image he's really building here in our text is, is that of a stadium. The race is about to begin and all around you is a stadium. stands are those witnesses, the witnesses that went before, witnesses of the Old Testament, witnesses of the past, witnesses that have gone throughout the history of redemption. But they are not passive observers. They're not watching us to be entertained or to be amazed. No, the point of the image given is not so much about them watching us, but us looking at them. What we do is we look at them, and we see what they went through, and what God gave to them, and they speak to our situation in the present. They are witnesses. They testify to God's goodness and God's faithfulness. For instance, we read Hebrews 11, verse 4. It says, By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain. And by faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. By faith, he still speaks today, even though he is dead. So Abel is one of those witnesses. He speaks still today. He testifies still today to us. And we hear him through the ears of faith. And so the Holy Spirit is telling us through the writer of Hebrews, that we don't run the race alone. We stand in the midst, in a cloud of witnesses. They testify to God's goodness. They testify to his faithfulness. Look back to them. As you go through this life, as you live in the reality of this life, this broken life, this sin-filled life, this life with challenges, with struggles, look back, look around. You see those witnesses. so often can weary us. Think of Elijah in 1 Kings 19. There he 
Jezebel, and he thought he was the only one that was left who was faithful to God. He's basically saying, my experience is unique. I am alone. No one is going through what I'm going through. I alone am left. We can have that in our lives. It's a wonderful technique that the devil uses on us. You are alone. You poor, miserable sinner. The thing you're struggling with, nobody is dealing with that. Nobody has gone through that. That's just you. You're on your own. God told Elijah in 1 Kings 19 that he had preserved for himself 7,000. That 7,000, they testified to God's faithfulness. He told Elijah that he wasn't alone. And in our text, we see we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. We are not alone. And not only that, they have gone through living in this reality they have even gone through more than we've gone through. What we read before chapter 12 began, the, the last part of the, the list of, of Old Testament witnesses, speaks of people going through incredible hardship. But not only that, they've lived not having seen the promises fulfilled. And that's something for us to remember as we live in the here and now. We live after Christ. They lived before Christ. They saw his, his coming hailed. We look back to seeing his coming. We have seen the fulfillment of the promises in Christ, something they long to see. Christ, the, the Son of God who became man and who now rules all, he has come and he has conquered. Jesus, who became a man in heaven, who suffered, who made that one sacrifice on a cross, source of our salvation. We are saved in him and through him. So we go forward having that knowledge. We go forward with more than they had. So we run the race looking back to them. Knowing that they completed the race of faith with less than we had. Dealing with more than we did knowing all that we know. God brought them through. God will bring you through. Hear the witnesses. Hear those who testify to God's faithfulness. We run the race still. We, we don't stop because Christ has come. But we still wait for more to come. Christ's coming was not the end of the race still run. And so as we run the race of faith, we look back, not to look back at the competitors. We don't look back to them longing to go where they were, saying, oh, if only we could have lived back then. Or if only I could have been, if only I could have done, how nice it would have been to be back there. No, we look at them and they motivate us in the present, urging us on 
appeared in eyes of faith as we now run forward in faith. Which brings us to our second point. We run the race with endurance running forward. Now our text says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Now we're being told that the race is being laid out for us. That's something to, to think about. The race is marked out. wonder where our lives are going, but at the end of the day, we really know where our lives are going. They go to Christ. So it's not a question of being lost or a question of wondering which way to go. It's a question of completing the race. So the exhortation here, the encouraging command that comes from the Lord is that we do what we can to enable us to run forward effectively. Writer of Hebrews has this image of, of throwing off everything that, that hinders you from running effectively. He says, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. In those days when an athlete got ready for a race, he would take his robe off. He, it, it was really hard to run with that robe. You would be tripped up by it, it would hinder you, it would wear you down. He says, Get that off. That we can we can see and understand in our world today as well. Children, imagine that you are in a race at school. You come to school in the morning and you're you're dressed in your your winter clothes. You've got your winter boots on, you've got your snow pants, you've got your snow coat, you've got your tooth, you put your hood on, it's tied tight, you've got mittens on, gloves. And say, okay, there's going to be a race in the gym. You need to run around the gym 20 times. So you get off the bus and you go directly to the gym to run the race. The person standing beside you is in shorts, running shoes. You're sitting there still with all the winter stuff. Now, how do you think you're going to do in the race? How long do you think you're going to last as you run around with all your winter clothes on? straight, your legs straight, you have a hard time seeing, you'll be sweating, and you've got to get rid of those clothes, you've got to throw off those winter clothes if you want to run the race. And it's the same way in our life with the Lord, in the race of the Christian life. The Holy Spirit is telling us in our text, throw off those things that hinder, that wear you down, that distract you from your goal that distract you from focusing on the race that the Lord has laid out. Run strong, run free. Run forward unencumbered by those things that might slow you down or wear you down. The race is enough. It will wear you down. That's the reality of living in this fallen and broken world. The best of days, this life will wear you down. Don't make it worse. Yourself, but for your goal of glorifying God. And 
as we look at our lives, we can, we can think of things that do this to us. And you can really see there's two things going on here. One, on, one is simply things that, that wear us down. Other, the other is sin. There's sort of a distinction there in our text. As we look at our lives, we can think of things that are not of themselves sinful, but which hinder us in our walk with God. Things that become sinful. You know, we can think of things like TV, the internet, Facebook, sports, video games, money, friends. You name it, it it's, it's there. Those are things that are not sinful in and of themselves. In fact, they can be good and they can, they can function in our lives in a good way. But they can also function in our lives in such a way that they serve as a hindrance to us in our walk with God. They dominate. They dominate our walk. And so we're being told here in our text, do they help or do they hinder? That's the question you ask as you go through the question. If it holds you back, if it somehow distracts you from the race, then get rid of it. Throw it off. The race that's the main thing. There is nothing else that can be more important than this race. Fame, money, pleasure, popularity. You're training for the wrong event if you spend your time running after those things. You'll wear yourself out and not be ready for the real race. And when you do run the real race, you will not be prepared. You will not be effective. us from running forward. Now we have to be clear here, the, the writer of Hebrews is not talking about what we call apostasy. He's not talking about living willfully and rebelliously in sin. Of, of embracing a rejection of God, of embracing sin. Now, if that's what's going on in your life, you have been disqualified from the race. You're not even in the running. those who are interested in the race. He's talking about that sin that clings. The sin that so easily trips us up as we walk with God. The sin that we repent of every night, every moment. The sin that drives us to the cross of Christ. Now, being a follower of Christ, being a Christian, is not about being perfect. It's not about being without sin. It's about fleeing sin. It's about hating sin. It's about wishing and longing to be free from it. The Holy Spirit calls us to focus in the here and now on the race at hand and to desire all the more to complete the race and to eliminate everything that gets in the way. We're being called here to have that religious fervor often have for their sport. Sometimes you can see it in someone who is really passionate about a sport. It consumes them. They, 
Everything they do, everything they eat, the way they sleep, what they do in the morning, is all focused on helping them become more effective at their speech. And that's really what it is to be for us with the race of faith. Everything is about the race. We wish to do everything we can to complete the race. Holy Spirit works in us this desire to want to run the race and run it well. The race is laid out. It's there in front of you. Run that race with perseverance. May your life be characterized by that all-consuming interest in the race. And as we run that race, our text says, let us fix our eyes on Christ. And that brings us to our final point, focus on Christ. We run the race with endurance, focusing on Christ. And really what the writer of Hebrews is doing is he's painting this picture for us of, of an athlete who's running the race completely keyed in on the finish line. He's got his eye on the goal, his eye on the prize. He's running and he's completely focused on the finish line, on Christ. He blocks out all else but the finish line. And that's how we're to run the life. Block out all else but Christ. As you run forward, you look at him. The words of the witnesses, the, the desire to run forward effectively and passionately, that all comes into focus as we look at Christ. And what the author of Hebrews does is he, he points us to Christ and he says, Look at him. Look fully at him. Because that's really what we have in the verses 2 and 3. The author of Hebrews is saying to us, see who Jesus is. And see what he has done. Let Jesus focus you as the one who has run the race and the one who shows you how to run the race. Those two things are, are held together for us as we look at who Jesus is. Lord Jesus is called the author and perfecter of our faith. What, what he's doing there is he's saying that, that Jesus is the origin and he is the completion of our faith. He uses similar language in, in chapter 2, verse 10. He says, in bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God should make the author or the originator of their salvation perfect, complete, through suffering. So Jesus is, is the pioneer, the forerunner, the one who, who blazes the trail for us, the one who, who opened the way of salvation for us. Our salvation finds its beginning in him, but it also finds its completion in him. It finds its completion in his faithful completion of his task. He's the one who, who brought things to perfection. As Hebrews 5.9 puts it, that having done that, he became the source of our salvation. So we fix our eyes on Jesus, knowing that our salvation rests in him. It comes from him, and it is complete in him. We focus on that Jesus. But then the writer of Hebrews points to Jesus also as the one who underwent, or who chose, chose the way of suffering 
reached the goal of his purpose. It says there, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. So he holds before our eyes Jesus, who had gone down the path of suffering. The path of suffering that we are on. And he went through so much more at the hands of sinful men than we ever will. Not only that, as he went through that suffering, he went through the shame of the cross, the shame of suffering for our sins, suffering under the punishment of his father. laid out for him. That path that ran through the cross. And he ran it alone. He didn't have witnesses. He hung on the cross alone. We had a cloud of witnesses around us. We had nothing. And as we go through the struggles of our life, we can look to him and see what he endured. Knowing what he accomplished. And we can be moved to a life of thankfulness for him. He's that, he's that runner who, who ran out after us after we had fallen. He made our race his race. He chose to take the path of suffering for us. He broke through, you could say, he broke through enemy lines. He defeated the enemy and then he ran on ahead to glory. And he now sits in glory sits in glory beside the throne of God. That's the Christ that we can serve. The Christ that we run after. He's our forerunner. And we long for that glory that we will have with him. So what the writer of Hebrews has done is he's, he's put Jesus before us as an example as a motivation for us as we run the race. He's really doing two things. He's saying, see what Jesus has accomplished. See that he has accomplished salvation for you, that all your salvation rests in him, but also see the way he ran. Because Jesus is a picture of a perfect life of faithfulness in God, a perfect life of trust in God in the midst of suffering. He knew that God would be faithful. So look at him. Consider him who underwent so much. Consider him who's the author and perfecter and who is the faithful witness of God's faithfulness. An example for us as we run in this life. That's the Jesus that we are to fix our eyes upon. We follow him exclusively. We follow him completely. When we see this Jesus at the finish line, at the throne of God, we realize that he has won victory. We do not run in vain. We run confident that he will bring us through. And we fix our eyes on him. The Spirit breathes wind into our sails as he directs the eyes of our hearts to lock on to Jesus our strength like that of eagles he enables us to run on the heights 
consider him so that we will not grow weary or lose heart in the race. in response to the proclamation of the word hymn 43. 